Sweet Stash is a home-baked business specializing in cake pops, brownies, cakes, and more. Celebrate your special occasions with all of your favorite people. If we're at a party and they have Sweet Stash, I know where Mario will be. Buy the cake pop stand. To place your orders, check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Are you all ready to up your drinking game? Absinthe Minded AZ is a pretty freaking amazing and super rare company. Absinthe is truly an acquired taste type of drink. People like Picasso, Hemingway, and Van Gogh were known to throw back a few. I mean, The Raven may have never been written if Edgar Allan Poe wasn't drinking this stuff. Who, by the way, was an artilleryman in the United States Army. Go Redlegs! This misunderstood spirit became legal again in the United States in 2007. And now you can try it for yourself here in AZ. Plus, co-owners Doc Ordovich and Justin Slusher are pretty cool dudes. Absence Minded is produced with 100% natural herbs based off of traditional formulations with variations to accommodate the palates of the modern drinker. Pour, sip, and enjoy. So if you want to find out more about this amazing company, go to their Facebook page or AbsenthemindedAZ.com. And their Instagram page is pretty dope. Fallen! All right, all right, everybody take a seat, grab a drink, let's get this show started. And three, two, one, we're back! I thought we're back! <laughs> Don't you think we should do something different? I wonder what that sounded like. <laughs> no. I strictly remember saying <laughs> in the last episode of season two that that was going to be our new intro, and I thought you agreed. I don't remember. Luckily, we're luckily we're um, recorded. Yeah, so we can, so go, we can back. go back and hear it. So. <laughs> and you guys should also go back and hear season two in case you're listening to this podcast for the first time. So yeah. you can skip like the first thirty episodes. <laughs> you can go past all those. We that was a lot of nonsense. We've become we've we're more mature. We did. We've grown. We've grown. Today we're going to talk about the candy man, the serial Ooh. killer. The candy man. <laughs> I just candy. went from we're mature to we're going to talk about the candy man. <laughs> um, He's gross. I hate him. I just got into it. I just said it. Let's just do it. I know. So, I hate this guy. Obviously, welcome to uh, season three. We're starting it off with a freaking banger of a show. Another dishonorable <laughs> mention. You guys yes. wanted it. You guys asked for it. Um, so we're going to give you twice as much dishonorable mention yeah, as last season. Pathetic, gross people that are obsessed oh, with Oh, don't listen to her. She loves it too. <laughs> she binges, it's she binge gross. watches, she binge watches all those shows. But it makes me sick. Yeah. Talking about it, but you watch it. I know. You know about it. Oh, you know, you but know, when you, I think it's different when you study it because then you get more details. Yeah. Like usually when you watch a movie or a TV show, you're like. You're talking about like us when like we're actually us, looking into yeah. the but then when you, stories. Yeah, you start researching it and you, they go into detail and you're like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, they, they kind of leave some of this stuff out in, in some of those documentaries they, yeah, they and glade, stuff. Yeah. They, they're like, oh yeah, 26 people were killed. 28. But then 28. But then when they go into details about how they yeah. were killed and how gross this guy was. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. But uh, you love it. I love it. Yeah, and you know what? It. it keeps me vigilant because let me tell you, no one's walking anywhere. You 
now are an expert on how to murder me and get rid of my body and not get caught. Yeah. So. I know. The most I learned from that lady um, (laughs) was when she put. Which lady? This one lady. um, She put the guy, her husband, on the bed. Then she got one of those dollies and laid it. On top of him, he was dead. Which one was this one? This is a different one, but I'm saying um, about like one learning of the, it. Yeah. And then she taped him to the dolly because there's no way she could move him. Right. And then she taped him to the dolly on the bed. And then she pushed him off the bed. And then she was able to take the little dolly, put it into a moving truck. And that's how you're going to go if it goes this way. Mm. I'm mm. just letting you know. Because I well, couldn't move you. Yeah, I know. And I always joke around that I am not necessarily in fighting shape. Mm-hmm. I'm in the hard to put in the trunk shape. Yes. So if you murder me, you're going to work your ass off to get me in But I got a anything. plan. Damn That's it. fine. After but, all this research, I've well, got a plan. Well, now that I know what you've got, so I'm going to make <laughs> it that much harder on you. If so. I buy a dolly. If I die, I'm just going to rub my body in Vaseline right before. Oh, so that yeah. make it all slippery and... Shitty. Slipping off of it. You look like a Three Stooges episode trying to get me into anything. <laughs> I look like a Three Stooges episode every, every day. day. Just setting up for the podcast. Oh, I fell <laughs> off this chair <laughs> five <laughs> seconds ago. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. So before we get into this, I know uh, we've uh, played our, our, our sponsors at the top of the show, but just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Amy from Sweet Stash as well, a returning sponsor, uh, an absinthe-minded um, we've got uh, many more this year, new ones, and so we're just happy uh, that, you know, especially uh, the ones that were here for us last year or last season, so I want to give you guys a special shout out. Uh, you guys will hear uh, the rest of these affiliates and sponsors, and we're just proud to, to have all these folks on board. These are all products that we've tested and love. Uh, we would never have folks on here or sponsors that we didn't that the product didn't line up with like our lifestyles or what we do. And obviously mm-hmm. Amy, you know, her product not, lines up because I'm fat and I eat cakes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and she but makes the best cakes in Arizona. So unique and beautiful. She can make everyone. Yeah. It, that's like the other part too. Like, yeah, I, their cakes are individual. Yeah, exactly. So it's you, you got your, the art and then you've got the taste and they're both there. So mm-hmm. go, uh, go check them out on Instagram, Facebook. But anyways, yep, yeah, uh, we appreciate our sponsors. And so you guys go support our, our local sponsors and support uh, all, all the other folks that are out there because their products are the shields. So let's get into it now. Okay. So I will mention this week we've got Coral. David Coral. Is that his name? Yes. He's fucking weirdo. That's so it, it, it's such an MC. It's Dean Coral. I, it's, I get my D's. My my name's starting with <laughs> days confused. Um, I get my days confused too. Day, oh <laughs> Jesus! Just look at the different colors. Just look at all the different colors. You'll know this look one's Sunday. This one's Monday. This one's Wednesday. That's so inappropriate. David Dean. Dean. Coral, mm. the Candy Man. So, and that's kind of how I I know him as. Most of you have probably heard that. Um, term or that uh, that uh, nickname before there was yeah. a movie called the candy man which was based out of that one was based out of chicago and the 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 dude in that movie was black and i don't think i ever saw the whole movie and it's been forever so i don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what the premises was but it was one of those where like the kids would call his name 
three yeah. times and he would appear i believe whatever and he ended up murdering i think he had like a hook that he used and it was yeah a, it wasn't the, it was like a black dude in in the movie i was played by a black guy and so i don't believe it has anything to do with this mm-hmm. other than the the nickname and that he went after kids i guess um so yeah this is the story of dean coral not to be confused uh, with david coral out of florida living the retired life <laughs> i'm assuming i don't know Poor david. i don't know david coral but yep uh dean coral was a dirtbag mm, he was awful dean the Candyman coral uh so let me just start off with a quick little uh little story so on about eight o'clock on an august 8th 1973 uh evening henley placed a call to pd henley was um uh Earl, Earl Henley was a young man, placed a call, like I just said, to the police department stating that he had just shot a man mm-hmm. and he had uh, two other people, other teens with him, a male and a female. Uh, Henley awoke to find himself lying upon his stomach and Coral snapping handcuffs onto his wrist. His mouth had been taped shut and his ankles had been bound together. Uh, and Curly and Williams uh, lay beside Henley, securely bound with nylon rope, gagged with adhesive tape, and lying face <laughs> down on the floor. Curly had been stripped naked. And so Curly was another young man mm-hmm. that was um, visiting, and Williams was uh, a young female. So um, when the police arrived, they found these three sitting outside on the um, pavement, you know, on the sidewalk. And the police walked in. The guy admitted immediately that he had just shot a man inside. And when the walk, the police walked in, they found uh, Dean Coral lying there, dead. And they s- immediately started noticing that this was not a normal murder. And they started seeing handcuffs, like 10, 15 different pairs of handcuffs. They kept discovering more. They kept finding like a you torture board. read on here, torture board. Uh, tape, uh, rope, all kinds of stuff, and then sexual toys. And so obviously this, and even his vehicle, I believe, had some kind of box in it that looked somewhat like a small coffin where he would apparently take his victims if he found them outside the house or somewhere and just kind of throw them in there. And um, Yeah, so they quickly discovered this was not the normal case, right, of some kid. Yeah. And so um, the thing with... Uh, what's his name, Henley, is that Henley was actually one of Coral's accomplices. Yeah, this story is weird. And so he was himself a young man in his, I believe, early 20s. And, um, but he had been working with him. He had been working like him since he was a young kid, alongside another kid that we'll yes. get into as well. That other kid just happened to not be there this time. And so something happened with Henley that he decided not to participate this time. Not only that, but he was going to stop this guy from raping that young man. And um, he I thought it was kind of um, sad, but a little funny that when he went to shoot um, Coral, he's like, we can't keep killing all my friends. Yeah. And that's what they literally did. Like this. Because he would bring them in. Yeah. He, he was would use paying them to these bring, two yep. teenagers $200 each time they brought a kid in. So when we say they 
in a very short time, like, what was it, like four years? In a yeah. very short time. Three years, I think. It was three, 70 to 73 was yeah. when the, the span of his murders lasted. They killed, that they know of, 28 young men between the ages of 13 and 20. So if you think about it, like, that is a lot. That is a lot of disappearing boys. And a lot of them were already tied to these two boys. Like, they were their friends. Yeah. And they would just bring them over and be like, hey, you know, let's go smoke weed, drink. Some of them were were transient. Some of them were runaways. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the reasons we'll get into it, too, but why they got away with it for so long. Yes. I mean, I guess three years isn't that long. They could have gotten away with it for even longer, probably, if it wasn't for... For Henley, yeah, turning Henley. his back on his master, and it all became came down to a girl. Yeah, cause because he, yeah, Dean Coral was not happy when he brought this girl in, and she he only brought the girl because he had brought his friend over that, and the friend was gonna die, and then they had met up with this girl who was from a rough family, and she didn't have any place to go, so they're like, oh, do you want to hang out with us? So they go in there, and this. Um, guy who was obsessed with teenage boys and obsessed with raping them and obsessed with torture and kill freaked the fuck out when he saw a girl. You ruined the vibes, man. Yeah, and he said that. It's like, you ruined you, the vibes, You ruined bro. it. Like, you, he was really, and so he was going to kill this kid that's been helping him this whole time. And the kid was very smart. He quickly was like, no, 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 untie me, untie me. I'll help you. And it gets very convoluted. But then the girl was like, is this real? And I think that the girl really. Yeah. And then when he did finally untie him, mm-hmm. he said, well, then you take care of the girl mm-hmm. and I'll take care of this guy. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. give him the gun, take care of her. And I was like, oh, that was his first mistake. Wait, mm-hmm. Well, not his first, but <laughs> that night, I should that say. Night. Um, but to go back to this girl and the other reason why she was also there, you mentioned she was from a troubled family. Well, that particular night she, uh, she was beaten by her stepfather, I believe. And, uh, so this guy, when he went up and, and, cause I think they were across the street from her, wherever they were before the house, they were, they were, you know, kind of, they went to Coral's house first, the two boys. And then they went to the store and they just kind of kind of like teenage boys kind of going back and forth between different little places before they went back. They ended up going by this girl's house, who was this kid's friend. And that's when they kind of heard some disturbance. You know, the guy went in, talked to the girl. The girl's like, yeah, let me get out of here. Anything to get the fuck away from this dude who just beat me up. Right. And her stepfather. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) little does she know. She was walking into a worse situation. From the fire. Um, what is it? Frying pan to the fire. Yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll take my beatings from my daddy. Yeah. If no it means being it's alive. Like, but nonetheless, you know, they all showed up. And then, like you mentioned, Dean Coral flipped when he saw a female come through. And the rest is history. So, yeah, those three are responsible for that. Right. So but the journey just began. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know now Dean Coral was killed by his accomplice. But what happened to the other guy and what happened to this guy afterwards and what happened with everything in between. So let's mm-hmm. go uh, to the beginning. To the beginning. You know. Well, what's very interesting about um, Coral's life is that he, although the, there was some divorce, 
there doesn't seem to be this absentee issue. Um, his mom and his dad, um, the dad was sh- the disciplinarian. He was strict. And the mom was, um, she was very protective of her boys, which goes against our usual serial killer mantra that there's a there's a mean mom behind it all. Um, so that was really interesting. And then his dad, when they divorced, the mom moved to where the dad was so that he could continue to see the boys. Like she had custody, but she moved so that that dad would still have them in their life. They reconciled and moved again all over Texas. They were moving. Um, and it didn't work out the second time, but it wasn't like the father just disappeared. It was, you know, kind of in modern day that, that wouldn't been anything different. They yeah, seem to. That's the norm nowadays. Norm, yeah. And it's like co-parenting. Um, she met a salesman and um, the salesman, um, this other pecan salesman came along and said hey you guys should start this candy business so um what's his name uh coral he has a brother and later on another sister came along with this second husband the stepdad the stepdad but they get this um um candy business going it started in the garage must much like microsoft and amazon and all that so they get this candy shop going the boys you know run the machines and the dad is like goes all over texas selling this candy and i guess it gets to be pretty popular then something happens between his mom and his stepdad and they divorce And the mom starts her own candy store. And so in all this, and so she makes her boys the vice president. And this is called the Coral Candy Company. Yes. So she makes this. and, and, And then there was a little bit of like dueling candy companies. Right. You know, across from each other. Kind of like Adidas and Puma. Yeah. Um. Which and but they made you know like it's and that's when he got drafted, but he was only in the military for like ten months, yep, less than a year. And then he said, "Oh, I need a you know discharge so I can go and help my family's business." So, do you know what that business was called? The sorry, the stepfather's the first one that they originally was started. It Pecan Prince. Pecan Prince. Aww. So imagine if you would have stayed with that company like if they would have stayed together the Mm -hmm. parents and uh he became like the vice president of the pecan prince uh candy company and he still did all the killings would his name have changed to pecan prince oh yeah that's a weird name right pecan the pecan killer yeah or just yeah pecan prince like that's just a weird name this is weird i just thought that was funny (laughs) but that'd be uh Another cool little thing So, yeah, and then um, one thing. Okay, so I was kind of giving his mom a break because we always hear about these horrible moms. The one thing that the mom did, if she could go back, she was probably like, that's the moment I lost him, was they had teenagers working in the candy shop when it was at its height. Yeah. And one of the teenage boys said that he sexually harassed him, that Coral. Yeah. And he um, was older already when that happened. He was old. He was. He. It was after the mil. The. It was 
before the military, yeah. but as, he was an adult. He was the vice president right. of this Early company. Early 20s. Yeah, because he was like, what, 24 when he w- went in the military. So he was early 20s. And the mom, instead of saying, like, there must have been some conflict because she just wound up firing the teenager. Mm. So this probably would have been a good time to be like, well, it seems that you're gay, that you like boys, and but pe- pedophilia is not okay. Yeah. Um, and but you know, yeah. I mean, I don't think at that time oh, people no. understood either one or the other, right? And no. so, even if if one is normal mm-hmm. and the other's not in our eyes today, we're like, yeah, they didn't think of it differently back then. I'm sure. So she was probably just as shocked, or in that much of denial. Yeah, and where just like today, to, if, if yes. you hurt something like that with with your your kid, you're like, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with being gay. Like that's yeah. that's okay. Like, but you can't. Uh, you know you sexually assault young kids yeah, yeah. or underage kids like and, but, regardless and employees, regardless like, you know i mean yeah so young so, women young men you yeah. can't yeah so and he didn't and they said that 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 this guy never identified with being homosexual until he went into the military and he had his first experience so let's talk about that then let's yes. just get into his military experience okay. then so uh, you said, yeah, he was 24. Uh, he was drafted on August 10th, 1964 and assigned to Fort Polk. First of all, Fort Polk, <laughs> Louisiana. Let me just tell you this. The fact that he made it out of Fort Polk, Louisiana, that's Tigerland, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a movie called Tigerland. That's what they used to call this place. This was a main training place for Vietnam. And um, it's perfect for Vietnam because Fort Polk, Louisiana is covered in trees and bush and little hills and swamps. And it's fucking disgusting, and it rains, and you're sweating all the freaking time. Uh, I was there for for training for three weeks where we lived out of tents. I think when you say, I was there, you have to whisper it and look off. Okay, into the distance. Let me me go back and and do this. Please do it. I was there. Exactly. The year was 2004. Yes. We were stuck in Tigerland. Yes. We were taking showers after a long day of training. We were sleeping in tents. Those tents were about a quarter mile. No, they were about two miles from the showers. So barefoot in my flip-flops. I know that doesn't make sense, but I was barefoot in my (laughs) flip-flops. Walking from the shower back to the tent three miles. And it started raining and the floor is mud. There's clay, mud, all over my feet. Those flip-flops flopped and flopped and smashed and mountain flopped <laughs> into the mud. Did you meet someone splashing, that was giving you candy? Splashing all that mud all over my brand new PT uniform, ruining my shower. By the time I got back to the tent, I needed a second shower. That is how bad Fort Polk is. <laughs> Now you you have to get ooh, out of that. Ooh, I was in the, what the hell <laughs> happened? Anyways, no, it was shitty. What I'm saying is it rains, it's humid, it's disgusting. Uh, even like when we we're on the training, it's hot, it's just crazy. And they used to do this in Vietnam, and I can see why you would take people there to train them for Vietnam. Because it makes the terrain similar, the, the weather similar, I mean the Shouldn't misery. You say, Viet fucking Nam. Yep, I should say it, but I didn't. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
it didn't make sense when we were there. Because <laughs> you know when I was there? When? Do you know which war I was there for? <laughs> Not Vietnam. No. I was there for a war fought in a desert mm. where there are no freaking swamps or trees I know, they should or bush all be here. in California all the be. or here, California. Yeah. This area, there's a lot of like Afghanistan looking yeah. um, uh, terrain in Arizona. Uh, but yeah, California, I mean, they do have NTC in California. And then um, I forget what the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The one in four poke. I know they used to call it Tigerland back in the day. And I don't know what they call it now, but they do, they do still have targets, by the way, left over from the Vietnam era. Oh yeah, like like wooden targets. So there was roads where we would go off the side, uh, the, you know, just driving down the the roads, and for training purposes, you know, they, we would train how to shoot from the side outside of Humvees and to the side of a of a of a five ton, you know, big old truck. If you can imagine a bunch of troops all piled in the back of a truck that doesn't have a cover on the back, and so you're shooting at the enemies if you're getting shot at, right? Obviously in Iraq, we're never traveling like that, but that was the training. Yeah. And so those targets are on the side of the road. There's like a little built uh, railroads on the sides, just small enough for for a small, you know, a vehicle of rail. I don't know, a, tra- a small train like thing that yeah. carried these wooden targets oh, along yeah. the roads. And so that's what you were shooting at. And so now those are inactive. But on the sides of the roads, as you're driving, you can still see those railroad tracks kind of covered in tree or, you know, brush and leaves and stuff but you see some in some areas where there's those wooden targets still on the sides of the the railroads by the road and they were clearly from vietnam because (laughs) the uniforms were from vietnam but so were the faces on these wooden targets (gasps) no you can imagine yep and so i mean at the end of the day like every time we go to war we 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 label the target something different, right? I don't. I mean, I know back in the day they used to say Charlie to identify the the Viet Cong, and then I know like during Russia the Cold Wars, you know everything was Ivan. Like to to this day, I mean, outside the the other derogatory n- names that we've used, for, especially during our war here, mm-hmm. right? And just for purposes of saying it, you know, we used to call them Hajis. Mm-hmm. That's what we used to call the, the 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 target or the people, the enemies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, during the 80s and probably all the way till I joined. I don't know if you remember, but they were still called Ivans. The targets you'd shoot at oh. in, 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 and I don't know if you ever heard that term, but they, I probably wasn't paying attention. yeah, but they called them Ivans. Mm-hmm. That was the target. And that's from the Cold War era days. Russians, oh, because Russians, I, didn't know that. I guess Russians, Ivans uh, are as popular in Russia as John's are in the U.S. or something. Oh. I don't know. But yeah, that's the name that that's we used terrible. to give. Get it? Ivan the Terrible. That's <laughs> that's great. Thank you. That joke is great. Yes. Season three is off to a bang. <laughs> I, I knew there was something b- uh, about this uh, season that you know I could feel it in you. It was all gonna be that joke. Your your dad jokes are on point, oh, Crystal. Yay. So, Thank you. but anyways, we digress. Oh yeah. We're talking about Tigerland. Talking about Fort Polk. That was his first duty station. So no wonder Maybe this motherfucker the- lost in that of anybody. But then guess what? Maybe then he was at Fort Benning. Where he became a radio operator uh, or radio repairman, mm. uh, but maybe this is the place that did this to him. He ended up at Fort Hood, oh, which Fort we all know from Hood. season from season two about Fort oh. Hood. Fort Hood once got the dishonorable mention as one of the worst bases, although their Fort Stewart is uh, and Fort Lewis are not far behind oh, either. Yeah, but we need to ben, do I mean, there's so many you know things that happen on these bases, but Fort Hood last Fort year. Hood. 
the last two years, it took the cake on the shittiest bases. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were fired. Commanders were let go. I mean, uh, it's you know it's bad when you're looking for one missing person and you find 20 others. I know. They just came out with a thing about um, Vanessa. And um, they're like, they, these people um, sexually harassed her. It was reported. Nothing was done. And there was like a couple of them. And those weren't even the killer. Like, Jeez. they're like, oh, but they didn't kill her. They didn't this kill other her. Guy. They killed, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's how bad it is. It's like sexual assault was or harassment was so bad that it was like, yeah, all this happened, but they were cleared from killing her. From killing her. Yes. It's just like, oh, it's horrible. So that was probably where the Candyman started. <laughs> I thought it was like his mom firing that teenager but now it makes sense he went to Florida. i mean as bad as that sounds that's that's nor i would say that i would consider that normal yeah. that the mom would take her son's yes. side and you know not believe it i mean who knows what he told her yeah right yeah like, maybe she was like what like maybe that kid was a little weird did. or something who knows i mean she figured not, something out i'm not trying to victim shame here i'm yeah. i'm putting myself in her boots yeah she was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt but um, she figured something out real freaking quick because when the candy store, you know, came to an end, um, she took the little girl and moved across the country and she never saw him again. So that was like in 1968. There was something. She knew something. Was something. Going on, huh? It's like, well, you don't... jokes on her because he didn't like little girls. So she yeah. would have been safe. Yeah, she would have been but perfectly fine. But so I wonder if let's she just. just Oh, go ahead. No, I was just like, I wonder if she figured like something, something's not right. Up, because you're so close to your sons that you're working together every single you day. You know something. He's the vice president. And then for you to close up shop of this very popular candy store. And then just move. And, and oh, because he had also. Okay. I. Well, let me do fun. this. Let okay. me finish off because okay, it's time okay. in the service. It's time in the service. Because it was short. It was yes. short-lived anyways. Like we said earlier, it was 10 months. Yeah. And right before, you know, coming out, and even afterwards when he first came back, is when he started divulging to close friends that he thinks he's gay. Mm-hmm. Right? Even in, in the military towards the end, it's part of that, that he starts to feel it, you know, and probably all those showers around yeah. men. That, that doesn't... If you're not used to that, like if you weren't an athlete in high school before entering the military you're not used to that it can be a little awkward i get it because guys who are comfortable being naked they're gonna be running around naked doing yeah. naked shit trust me i was one of those guys i was <laughs> i was i played football you know ran cross country in high school and did all that stuff and that was comfortable for me I, I didn't i wasn't shy or anything else right but there were guys still in their you know you know teens 18 19 maybe even early 20s that were still a little shy Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't want to. And maybe who knows? Maybe, you know, there was something else going on there, whatever. But they didn't feel comfortable, you know, getting naked in front of other guys. And so they would shower in shorts and things like that. So anyway, so I can see how maybe if he wasn't one of those kids, didn't seem like he was an athlete or anything like no, that. No, he was and considered a loner. A loner. So, yeah, he's probably felt a little awkward, felt a little weird. And, yeah, he probably did want to get back to his family's business because that's what he stated, that there was some hardship and he needed to get back to run his family's business. Uh, and so, or maybe there was more to it going on, right? Well, maybe back then, now it all come, makes sense that maybe they had realized, they didn't ask, but that yeah, maybe but they I realized. Yeah, but I, I thought about they, that 
and, and yeah, but they they discharge them for you're saying for for being and, gay, but I don't think so because it's during Vietnam they weren't letting go of anybody. That's true. So I think it's weird. Like he must have just proven without a shadow of a doubt that his business is going to fail without him. I mean, maybe there's something there because that's what it stated that they let him go for, and yeah. that's a little weird. Like I I can't imagine during Viet- during the draft. He was so fucking weird that even the army is like because yeah. you know everywhere that you no. deployed with there's fucking weirdos yeah and, and he's yeah. so fucking crazy that they're like but that's the thing he they said he had uh immaculate service his record was immaculate maybe he was that and i don't even know what that, that word like, means but i used it so pay attention to it immaculate yeah, I know what it means. I'm joking. Okay. No, I was like... <laughs> but he had an immaculate record. Yes. He had a perfect record. Nothing wrong. Never got in trouble. Nothing was going on. And yet, you know, they... Lo- See, I think it was... He was on paper. He was so perfect. But everyone was like looking at each other. And he... The first chance when he's like, oh, my business is, or he probably just said in passing, like, oh, yeah, I got a letter. And yeah, we'll let you go. Oh, you can go. You can go. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. You've met, you've met weird people in the military. They would never let you go for that. That you'd fit right in. The weirder you are, you fit right in. You'd fit somewhere. So I don't know. There's something else. Yeah, but I don't know what exactly it was. Obviously, he stated hardship. For his family business, yeah. and that's what's on record. But other than that, you're right. Who knows what it was? Yeah. Who yeah. knows what it? Because I have a hard time believing that during Vietnam they would just let you go for that. Yeah. It was during the draft, like you know, Muhammad Ali almost went to prison. Yeah. And he didn't have a hardship. Like, come on, his his boxing is his business. There's, yeah. I don't see a bigger hardship than that. And yet they, and I know that during that time, like going after Ali was more of a of a. Of a public political display of power uh, because if they had said no to him, then everybody else would be trying to get out. I get it. So that was probably a little bit harder to get out of. Uh, But nonetheless, if you were comparing apples to apples and you have this world class athlete, world champion at the height of his career saying, uh, no, I can't go because it will ruin my my business is me. My boxing career time make my money. And if I go. Even though you're telling me you're not going to send me to war, you're just going to have me do exhibitions for four years I'm just or three years, my, whatever the minimum time was, like, I'm going to lose that. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to lose my my real training. Yeah. Uh, my my, you know, abilities are going to diminish. And that's hardship. You would think that is more valid than this guy saying, yeah, my family's business is going down the drain without me. Let me go. And they're like, yep, stamped, approved. And then this guy, Muhammad Ali, is like, nah. We don't. I'm like, come on. Like to me, there's more reason for Muhammad Ali to have a hardship discharge, you know, and than well, this I mean, guy. I wonder if you have or not a even race issue going on. Yeah, there's you know, all there's that, that, could that too. Be that. But it just does seem like maybe they just sense. Something. Yeah, maybe. But then again, you're talking about the military. When do they sense anything? They don't I know. know shit. Maybe that's how bad. Yeah, I don't know. Was. I don't know. It's 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 definitely. I want to know that story. His, um, his. So we came back out, and mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that there was some kind of like quarrel between the two companies. Now, mm-hmm. his his uh, his father-in-law or ex-father-in-law. I mean, or not father. Step- I'm sorry, stepdad um, was. Uh, kept the the original business the pecan prince yeah 
right? And then she started, his mom started the Coral Candy Company. Yep. And so they were battling it out. And then it doesn't really say anything other than the Coral you know, Candy Company was pretty successful. I think the guy ended up closing down the other one and, and, and ended up leaving yeah, town but, or something, and right? And it, it was weird also, because, and this is where his name came about. So the Coral Candy Factory was across the street from like an elementary yeah. school or a junior high or yeah. something. So that's creep level 5,000. That is disgusting because it's like, did he pick it because it was so close? And then he put a pool table. I mean, in, in, in reality, that's a great uh, location for a candy store. So yes. not knowing yes. this. You're right. Not like, knowing this. So no one would suspect it when you're like, hey, like, yeah, no, that let's makes build sense. a business across from the elementary. Yeah. Because it makes sense for two reasons for him. Both, yes. You know, all his customers all his, are yes. coming like for, for the candy store and for his and the killing. pleasure. Yeah. Come for the chocolate, stay for, for the, the murder. murder. <laughs> Dude, that should be our that should be our, our new intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it was uh, so but he had built this little um, the, so he had a pool table and then it became the teen hangout. And I feel like this is when his mom had just enough. His mom's like, okay, I fired the one teenager because you were swearing you weren't after him. Right. But now you, you're it in your late or you're head, you you're heading toward 30. 30. Yeah. You're heading toward 30. You're staying and you're out one, with the kids. 17. Junior, uh, yes. Well, uh, high school kids. In actuality, um, one of his first um, uh, the friendships was, uh, where is it, David Brooks. That's the kid that was missing the night of his murder, the night of uh, Coral's murder. Uh, he was nowhere to be found. Um, not sure if he was taking a break or it wasn't his turn that day or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what how they did this, but he wasn't there that day. But he was one of the originals. So he found him when the kid was just 12. And became and he his just friend. Him. Yeah, he just groomed him. And and that's why I feel bad for these two boys, even though be, they became completely active participants. Not they yeah, was but, it just watched it. They were they they took part of it, but they were groomed to do it. Yeah, at twelve years old. Well, this kid, you know, by the time he turned fifteen, his parents had already divorced and moved, yeah. and he would come and stay in Houston with his father. Uh, eventually he decided to move to Houston permanently so he could be mm -hmm. close to his father, but also to be with this guy. Cause apparently he used to call this guy's, uh, or Coral's home, his second home. Yeah. Not his mom's home. Not anyone else. $200 I mean, for every boy that they, he that they brought. brought in. So $200 so that, back then in 1970, yes. cause it started in 1970. Cause I, I'd turn you in for $200 today. Jesus. I mean, oh, I said the inside thing out. I know. So anyway, so. Um, David Brooks is the OG uh, murder assistant, if you will. And he, you know, obviously starts <laughs> grooming them and the kid, you know, enjoys staying with him. So it doesn't really go into detail if they had some sort of inappropriate relationship, but mm -hmm. you can only assume. Yeah. You can only assume that obviously, like you said, he was grooming him. So, you know, who knows what was going on and what he was doing to these children. Um, and then eventually David Brooks brought in uh what's this guy's name henley henley's the other guy but i forget his, his first name it's uh earl right yes yeah. earl henley and they ended up becoming friends quote-unquote friends yeah. and that's how he ended up with these two 
yeah. as his, I don't know, assistants, lackeys, whatever yeah. you want to call them, and both young, both young teenagers. Yeah, so um, he kind of just groomed them into this murdering, and then they would do the heavy lifting, like... Uh, getting rid of the bodies, digging <laughs> the dirt, which they ended up finding about 17... <coughs> oh, you okay Sorry. there? You're dying? I'm getting choked up. They found, I believe, 17 bodies... Ugh buried under the this one shack and then they found four others on the wood lines and then the rest of those just kind of spread out in, in in different areas so i mean that's 28 that they know of um that's what he's admitted to or not i'm sorry not him admitted to but the the one kid um henley and between him and brooks and so that's what we know of today but between 1970 and 73 uh like i said coral was known to have killed at least 28 kids all of his victims were male aged 13 mm. to 20 so between you know teenagers preteens and you know young just young and a men a lot of them were you know you think the buddy system like we always you know tell tell people you know use the buddy system um a Quite a few of them were kidnapped in the buddy system. So they they would take two at a time. So they would invite two boys over yeah. to drink, smoke, whatever, and then they would tie them. So that's even crazy. And they yeah, and they were that's why they found all those handcuffs. They found yeah. all those uh, ropes and tape and everything else because it he ended up having pretty much a torture chamber in yeah. his house. So these two boys, uh, like I said, David Brooks and Earl. Elmer, it's actually Elmer Wayne Henley, which all of that sounds. Yeah, that, that name's just. If your name's Elmer, Elmer Wayne Henley, Henley, you're a serial. You're killer. set to do some bad stuff. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but anyways, uh, sorry if there is a Earl Wayne Henley out there. That's just like the nicest guy in the yes, world. Yes, he's like. Just, I apologize to you, but your name's a little creepy. I would yeah. change it. Um, several victims were friends of one or yes. both of the kids, like you mentioned. That's so. so that was the fucked up part is that, yes, yeah, some of them were transients, but a lot of them were their friends or people they knew yeah. and they're bringing them in to the wolf's den, you know? Yeah, um, so that, I mean, there's something there I, and, and there is something to be said that I know you said that they were being groomed and I believe that, but nonetheless, like there was something wrong with those boys also because yeah. I at 15 would never get groomed by somebody to kill yeah. I hung out with some to kill you know, your friends. To kill your friends. I, I hung mean, out with some shady people. Uh but shit. I never yeah, I never I never turned into those people. Yeah. Right? Like you know, and the first time anybody said, Hey, let's do this I was like, Yeah, that's where I draw the line. Let's see kill you, James. See you later. Uh, no. no. <laughs> and so, so it's just there's some there 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 had to be I think the it was the perfect storm. We've mentioned this on many other episodes mm-hmm. where how was a serial killer born, right? And this guy's one unique, uh, Very unique. you know, uh, character, because we always talk about the overbearing mother, and yeah, the father wasn't there, but he 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 was there. He was like a normal divorced parent. It's like he he never saw him again. Yeah. He saw him just like kids today. Like it's today that would be a normal situation where the yeah. mom and the dad are divorced. Um, and so there was never really any red flag signs. I mean, you know, none of that. Even being uh. 
homosexual as in the old school days they thought of that like as a as a mental health issue we know now today it's not a mental health issue so you can't go back and say well we saw some red flags there like no that's there's no red flags there if anything there's red flags with him being a child molester yeah whether whether it's 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 boys or girls doesn't yeah. matter the fact that they're underage there's nothing yes. that should be legal you're about creepy. that yeah. you're creepy and that and is a a flag. I would say that is yes. a flag. That's the only time I give him a little because this guy gets no sympathy. Like sometimes I can feel sympathetic, just a little bit sympathy. of like sympathy, a little bit of sympathy for somebody when you're like, oh, this childhood was so bad. Right. So this guy does not. The only thing is like, was it a situation? It would suck. Like I will give. I don't think. You become serial killer, but it does suck to be gay and not be able to be gay. Like that sucks. The Candy Man, as he was known, Mm -hmm. also owned a Ford Eco Line van. Econo Line. Sorry. There's your talk about talk about. But I think he may have been the one who started this whole. You know, is that where it comes? That's probably from. where it comes. Like, hey, you want some candy? You know, that's there's always that joke mm-hmm. about the you know the, the van, the with guy the with the van and the candy. You know, yeah. And so that's that's probably where it comes from. Comes from right from this guy having the so he, he kind of line and those vans are this nice. Whole meme because now there's memes about every time like free tacos, painted on a van or free Wi-Fi, and then through the COVID, it was like uh, free toilet paper you know like yeah. to entice people to come in so he <laughs> was he like he was a meme before there was even memes yeah he was if, word of mouth meme if you want to get a veteran to jump in with you just tell him we got ammo oh yeah there ammo you go. and whiskey and they'll go anywhere with you so uh just for those other ser- for those other serial killers come i know come on in, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> thanks chris flowers by the way <laughs> what are you trying to lure me into <laughs> Uh, oh, Chris Flowers trying to get in your pants. He was putting little <laughs> nine mils, like setting it like they were candy yes. like, on the floor. And you I was just, just going around picking it up one by one. It's like, why is it getting darker? And then all of a sudden Chris uh. is in the room. Like, hey. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Chris, I love you. But yes, thank you for, for the, the ammo for, for my gift, by the way. Yes. So thank you. And thank you to everybody that came out this weekend. While we're talking about my birthday gift, you know, thank yeah. you to everybody. Anybody that's listening that also came to my birthday. Uh, thank you guys. It was a great weekend. So uh, love it. Um, so where were we? Yeah. So we yes, these kids were helping him out. Let's go back to that. Let's focus, Crystal. Let's okay. focus. Let's wrap this up because this well, is too much. I, no, I still want to bitch. No, about the we police. are. We are going to talk about it. I'm just. No, saying. I'm just. I know, but I want to talk about the police. I know that's fine. Okay, good. But what I'm saying is, when I say wrap it up, mm-hmm. I'm not saying wrap it up right now. I'm just saying let's get it going. Let's let's oh, get into okay. the 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 meat and potatoes of this the right so uh coral killed his first known victim uh, an 18 year old college freshman named jeffrey conan on september 25th 1970 conan vanished while hiking with another student from the university of texas to his parents home in houston he was dropped off alone at the corner of uh west themer road west themer themer however you want to say that and south voss road near uptown area of houston coral likely offered conan a lift to his home which conan and that's where he goes you want some candy mm-hmm. get in my van little boy um which conan event uh 
evidently accepted. At the time of Conan's disappearance, Coral lived in an apartment on Yorktown Street near the intersections with Westheimer Road. Brooks led police to Conan's body on August 10th, 1973. Um, so this is obviously after, you know, they were, you know, caught and after so know, they Henley were killed Coral. between 1970 and 1973. Yeah. And they killed 28 people in that time. That's a lot. The body was buried at High Island Beach, forensic scientists. So obviously, you know, six weeks after, uh, oh, I'm sorry, not six weeks. That was after... Uh, about the time of Conan's murder, Brooks interrupted Coral in an act of sexually assaulting two teenage boys whom he, Coral, had strapped to four pe poster beds. Coral promised Brooks a car in return for his silence. Brooks accepted the offer and Coral later bought him a green Chevrolet Corvette. Coral later told Brooks that he had killed the two youths and offered him $200 for any boy he could lure to Coral's apartment. So That's obviously after that, it all started, right? Uh, six weeks after the double murder of Glass and Yates on January 30th, 1971, Brooks and Coral encountered two teenage brothers, Donald and Jerry Waltrup, walking toward their parents' home. The Waltrup brothers had been driven to a friend's home by their father with plans to discuss forming a bowling league and had begun walking home after learning their friend was not at home. Can you imagine that being murdered? Like no. just walk, your, going to your friend's house, uh, and after like, hey, let's start a bowling bowling league, and having no. all these little dreams and aspirations, and then just. Uh, and then with your brother, like you see your brother being killed, and like you're together. I mean, that's so heartbreaking when yeah. they go into these. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, like you said, heartbreaking. Um, so one of the boys. Um, was killed by a single gunshot to the head after being lured into um, Coral's uh, apartment. Um, and then there were two other victims after that, 13-year-old David Hilgies and 16-year-old Gregory Malley Winkle were abducted and killed together on the afternoon of May 29th, 1971. So, and it goes on and on and on. I'm not going to yeah. go through all the different murders. Those are just some of the, the, the earlier ones. So he mainly killed by strangulation or with a gun, the little 22. I believe that's the same 22 that mm -hmm. he was killed with uh, by Henley. So poetic justice there. All right, so participation of Elmer Wayne Hanley. Let's just talk a little bit about him. So he was also getting paid $200, just yeah. like uh, Brooks. Uh, Henley later stated that for several months, he ignored Coral's offer. However, in early 1972, he decided to accept the offer because he and his family were in dire financial uh, circumstances. Henley said the first abduction he participated in occurred during the time of Coral's resided at 925 Schuler Street, an address he moved to in February of 72. Brooks later claimed that Henley became involved in the abductions while Coral resided at the address he had occupied immediately prior to Schedule Street. Uh, one month later, on March 24, 1974, Henley, Brooks, and Coral encountered an 18-year-old acquaintance of Henley's named Frank Aguirre. I hadn't read that yet. You that was the first it? time. That's the first time I've seen that. Oh. That's yes. crazy. He has my same last name. He does. I, I did not even see that at all. He does um, make it. That's, uh, I, I, I could guess that. <laughs> that's creepy. I had not read that part about oh, that kid. Yeah. That's the only, That's the first time I, I saw that kid. I had seen everything else except for that. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying not to go through all the different yeah. murders, so that's a good time to stop. 
yeah, I want to see more, right? Um, Could have but, but that was one of the first times that they all worked together, like all three oh, before. It was yeah. kind of like it was onesies and twosies, and they were kind of bringing them in, and one was coming, one was going. And um, so anyways, it just goes downhill from here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, 28 victims later, Coral is dead. Uh, Henley is the murderer. And um, Brooks and, and Henley are in, are in trouble oh, for yes. their participation. But all right, go ahead now. Talk about the police that you wanted to. I'm so mad at the police. Like, so in three years... 28 boys disappear and these were boys that their parents were looking for them so the police like so like a kid would disappear they would call the police and this police literally would be like oh they're probably runaways and they this one mom was very persistent and she's like putting up flyers and one of these kids came and helped put up flyers that was a little creepy um but it was just like makes no sense and then there was a report that they were seen getting in a van and that this the van was was very close to the house like everyone knew where this van and the police never went there i mean this was like classic classic like they did not give a shit and i don't know because they do bring these up in the mind what is that show that goes over mind hunters mind hunters yeah they do reference him what era or what years was mind hunters based on i believe it was the 60s and 70s like the early the late 60s because it's when they first started to document and uh, interview serial killers that were in prison and then starting to solve cases. So Yeah. So this, I guess, this is a time when it hadn't caught up. So it was like, oh, if a young boy disappeared. And this is crazy. It's like two boys disappeared. Right. These well, plus only a few people, those uh, the two or three people that are yeah. working on this in the FBI really knew about this. Everybody else in law enforcement across the country had nothing or no idea yeah. about what these signs were but these were this was a small little area that they were taking this boys from that, but, they, that, but the, they were just blaming it on runaways yeah that's all they were doing that, and then what was really crazy two things that stand out was um one that the henley boy i believe it was that he had a little brother that um coral kept wanting to get and that's where he drew the line was like don't go next to my brother and he kept his brother away another thing was like they killed one brother and then a couple years later they got the younger brother and killed him and i was like jesus this poor family what they went through so these all those police i mean just that was disgusted that lady um was one of the ones that fought the hardest Mm -hmm. From what I read, because when her second son went missing, they also said, well, it's a runaway. She's like, no, he had no issues. He had nothing going yeah. on at home. Like, I mean, obviously, besides seeing, you know, or his his older brother missing, you know, but he, she's like, he was not a runaway. Like, yeah. that wasn't him. He wasn't in trouble. He wasn't angry at us. There was no uh, fights or discussions where he's like, fine, I'm out of here. Like, this he's not a runaway i'm telling you yeah and yet 
That's they, all they the police ju- would say. I mean, they didn't it just even, sounds like lazy police work. Yeah, like there was the van. They said, oh, they put him in a van. The van was right there. Like one of the dads was like, we told him where the van is. I mean, I guess that's where you are now. There, I don't see us being passive anymore. That if you suspect, I mean, look at what how crazy we went about the cat. It's like, yeah, you know, our cat was killed and we. Yeah, we haven't talked about that because it happened between oh, seasons. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to get into that no, too much. But, but I mean, think about happened. what we did. So so just so <laughs> people know, like our cat was found in the neighbor's yard and we went to pick him up and he was not moving. He his 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 uh, upper body was moving his head and, and his his uh, his front paws. But his back uh, paws were not. And so we quickly discovered there was some blood on him, took him to the, the vet. And yeah, they did x-rays and they found uh, what looked like an object, either some type of BB uh, that was in there and looked like it had probably hit the spine because that's where it was found close to and paralyzed him. Right. Mm-hmm. There was nothing they could do. And so we had to, you know, put him to sleep. Uh, obviously, there was somebody out there shooting, shooting cats. cats. And so, you know, that's... We lost our goddamn minds. Yeah, and we lost and, our minds. And, and the Gilbert police are probably like, we're like the crazy cat people. But our thing was no, just like... No, they were like, pretty cool. Yeah, they no, they were like really, really cool. And they... Looking they, into it and they did take I'm it serious. i what they yeah. say in the locker room. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but I mean, and we we had them come back out because they came out yeah. and did an investigation. And then we're like... We just don't feel it's settled. Can you come out again? And they did. They and sent. The way they respond, the reason why I say, like, I know you joke about them saying that. Normally, I would be on your side about that. Mm-hmm. And they're probably like, yeah, behind the scenes, they're like, these crazy people. But I don't think so. No, because they were I, really good. I, one, they were really good. They never pushed back. They were quick about yes. bringing an expert or someone that, that worked in those type of cases. Mm-hmm. They're pretty quick. They didn't drag their feet. No. They asked all the neighbors. They took it serious. And I talked to several people, several retired police officers, and they were totally into it. Yeah. And they continue to ask, like, you know, like, what's going on? What's up? And so you know that they were, it, it, to them, they take it serious because they know that that kid or, or adult, whoever it is, could, could potentially pose a, a danger to other people. Kids be on or the next dishonorable mention. Yeah, and so no, um, I would for torturing uh, yes. that person if they ever touched our kids. Um, yes. So my point is that even you know, even it's just a cat. Those guys, I think, take it serious, yeah, right? They I think did. they. And and you're right though. Normally, I would have been on your side, going like, you know, we we ain't got time to waste on no stupid cat. But they 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 seem to to be very serious about this. And when I like I said, when I talked to people that retired, I thought at first like. They're going to be like, this guy's crazy. Like, he's asking us for help with this. And, and I was like, no, uh, they were they were very good about helping me figure out angles and going, well, yeah. where's the backyard? And how far is it from here to there? And which yard is the most suspicious? And who has the angles? I mean, they were talking mm-hmm. when we were all going over. It was like, well, where we found the cat, where, you know, the angle of that from this house, which this house is the most suspicious. It was the perfect angle, the perfect shot. And then I found bb's in that area in our backyard that that don't match anything we own Mm -hmm. it's because they were orange and they were pellets they were the orange ones that and i even took that in and said hey is this something that could possibly penetrate a cat that oh yeah Mm -hmm. certainly can with the right rifle and all this and so we did a little bit of digging like what you said we we went a little bit crazy but we wanted to get answers yeah we were just and we we just had to so it's just interesting that we did this for For a a cat. cat 
that yes we love our cat it's a family member but i'm like you fuckers couldn't walk down the street and just ask the guy with the van what the fuck again going on? different times right so different back times. then back then yeah. i believe that if you came to him with the murdered cat they're like, get out of oh, here yeah. i just <laughs> shot 10 cats in my house the other day yes like get out of here yes. like you know so but what people don't know too is that there are feral laws to protect cats feral yeah. cats um, not, not feral laws. I should change that around. There's laws to protect feral cats, yes. not not feral <laughs> laws. <laughs> yeah, so like in Arizona, and that's my issue. It's like if you don't like the law, then change the law. But in Arizona, cats have free reign because you you it's just the way cats are. And there's lots, trust me, we got some 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 trolls um, that think we're yeah. horrible people. Don't, because don't we let, let our, your cats loose. I was like, okay, but... The law is the law. They probably keep their cat in a cage. Yes, yeah, horrible people. But so my whole point is that we were so. I mean, for a month we just did not let up, and we were on top of it. And these cops just could not have given less fucks about these boys. It breaks my heart. So I it makes me appreciate. First thought was they were runaways. Or they were troubled youth and nobody cared. And no one cared. And once again, and it always goes back, and it's sad. It's sad that we have to say this, but because they were gay during this time, people probably also did not care. And I'm not saying those kids were, but I'm saying like if if anything was tied back to them, Mm -hmm. you know, being gay, people didn't care. Like the one with Jeffrey Dahmer. The kid yes. that comes out and he says, hey, I'm being raped by this guy, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 he's good. He's fine. He's just a little crazy. And the cops were like, yeah, we don't really want to do anything with that whole situation. Yeah. And so they'd rather let it go or not care. Mm-hmm. Right. Just same thing with prostitutions. Right. Yeah. What when we prostitute, they were like, the man, we don't care. Even if they were young girls, they didn't care because they're like, yeah, they deserved it or whatever. And that mentality to be like that they, they're lesser they were, people. If they were, yeah, they were lesser people in their minds. Uh, whether you were a transient, a homosexual, or, or, or a prostitute, they didn't care. And so even if they did know that there was some shady stuff going on, they didn't care. So there's probably that too, right? Where they were like, they were transients, and so they were probably, they deserved, they probably were saying that. They deserved to die if they're going to be out there. So that's probably another reason why a lot of these murders went on yeah. so long back in those days, um, because of lack of care. For, for certain individuals and groups from the police. And then also, you know, be, well, besides the, 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 the change in technology, we didn't have cameras all over the place yeah. back then. Now we do. So it'd be so hard. I, I think it'd be hard nowadays to get away with as I, many murders as they used to. Like I, for I 10 years, like 20 years. I feel like serial killer days in, in America it's, are it's over. Ma- it's, uh, what was the other thing called where it's just like a quick, like a spree? A spree, yeah. Spree killings. Our spree killings are all rage these oh, days. They are. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, serial spree. killers are so 1970s. <laughs> I can't believe yes. it. And so spree killings is the way to go now. I'm not saying not that's the way to go, but that's what that's people what people do are going to get away because with you, now. You, yeah. and, and or not get away die. with, but yeah. and then they die yeah. straight away. Yeah. Or they get caught and they get put and they in go prison. Yeah. Prison. So. Um. Yeah. So interesting. All right, so we want to wrap this up because we went on for over an hour now. Oh, wow. But um, I don't know, anything else you want to mention about these these boys? Obviously, these boys went to prison. Yeah, and now one of them is like on hardcore trying to get out because he says. Who's that, Henley? Yeah, the yeah. one. He's the he main, goes, yeah. I like I was a teenager. Yeah. I'm not that person anymore. I'm now, what is he like in his 
60s and he's kind of just like like that wasn't me that was such a long time ago that's a whole nother story in itself because you you can but at the end of the time they did a lot of shitty stuff yeah. and they could have just like never went over there again and been fine but like they still but did. they still participated so i can't give them my sympathy so they both uh i mean at least they I think one died in, in prison brooks i believe died in prison mm-hmm. the they both though did help the police yeah try to you know find the the missing bodies and where they were buried and they kind of guided them and all that stuff so mm-hmm. i think that was kind of a last ditch effort to to show that they were willing to play ball and hopefully yeah. get out of prison but Just, they yeah. they did I mean, not 28 people you can't let them out yeah and they were involved with pretty much most of those yeah i would say the the uh, high percentage of those people yeah. these two were involved with they in were some doing way something so i mean you form. just can't there's no coming back from that that it's like he did do the right thing at the last minute by shooting yep. that guy um so send him some cookies or something but other than that you're just gonna have to go to prison for the rest of your life and and i i do think the days of serial killers are over because i mean think about it Today, all these boys would have phones. They'd been like tracking them and then be like, oh, ping. He's ping, right there. He's right there. Yeah. He's like, That's the other part, too. Right? Yeah. So check this out. You were right that Brooks did die in prison. Mm-hmm. He brought, he died of COVID. I thought. In May that. 28th, 2020. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. crazy. I didn't know he had died this recent and, and mm-hmm. he had died of COVID. Yeah. But I remember. That's yeah. what my notes say. Yes. So, and Henley's still trying to get out. He's like, I'm safer out there than than here with all the COVID. I know. <laughs> but anyways, mm-hmm. um, creepy story. Creepy. Watch a, your kids. That's the moral of the story. Don't be letting your kids. Don't go out walking. I'm going to be paranoid now, but I don't care. I like, know. There's too many fucking weirdos. Or just tell your kids not to get in a van. Yeah, don't get in a van. Fu- our guy kids would you candy. not. They would show them a puppy and they'd yeah, all Easton, climb in. Easton would, Easton would say no if it was chocolate. Yeah. they're like, I got some chocolate. He's like, eh, eh, I'm good. But if it was a puppy, oh. they would all, every goddamn one of these kids would, would be gone. gone. For a puppy, a kitty, they're all animal lovers. Yeah. So, so. anyways, but that's the story of yeah. Dean the Candyman Coral, 10-month Army veteran, never even went to Nam. He, he was, what a he piece stayed, of shit. No, he didn't even go to war. Yeah. Not it's that like, that would have changed You could have went to war and c- killed people for free and gotten awards and paid for it. Oh. But you asked <laughs> to get out. I'm just saying. You went to, that was a bloody-ass war. Like, if you wanted to just scratch that itch. I guess. And he could have found a way with raping young men over there, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm like Overseas. There you but go. He was, he was a radio repairman, too. So. Yeah. What a, yeah. Know, whatever. What a gross human. Worst so, radio repairman ever. Yeah. So dishonorable mention him because he's a fucker. And yeah. I hate him. Well, for Crystal. Go to war and murder some people. Reedy, I'm outside the wire of wire. Take care, everybody. And yes, that is going to be our new intro from now on. So get used to it. Yeah, buddy.